You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? It's a little dark outside. Just to uh, remind our listeners, if... uh, if you're uh, looking outside and it's dark, that's because the uh, the clocks went forward. Spring ahead. Spring ahead. So it is 9.05 uh, Eastern Daylight Time. So uh, uh, most uh, most of our timepieces nowadays they uh, they sort of uh, move uh, move their uh, move themselves at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But if you got any of the old fashioned timepieces, you got to move them ahead an you hour. You know, it's funny the time. You know, every time you do that, it reminds me of Brian Williams used to say nine o five Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> well, it's Eastern he Daylight always, Time. He always told the time. Uh, right? Looking outside doesn't look like too much daylight. No, no, not no. not yet, anyways. But uh, the day will get extended. Anyways, uh, coming up on the show today, we uh, managed to uh, uh, connect with uh, with uh, the Ottawa Senators General Manager. We've got Pierre Dorian, who's actually in Philadelphia this morning. So uh, uh, we're going to catch up with him. We had a we had a good chat about the Ottawa Senators uh, last week. I had occasion to have uh, some brief chats with uh, Eugene Melnick, uh, who's uh, you know uh, gets gets criticized to no end and. In the, in the Ottawa market, but uh, you know what? In my based on my observations and my communications with Eugene, uh, all I can say is I think he's fully committed to uh, to that franchise, to that community. Uh, wants to turn it around. He's a passionate hockey fan, and I don't think he wants anything more other than a Stanley Cup in Ottawa. I'm uh, that's my sense of the situation. We'll get a chance to talk to Pierre Dorian, the uh, general manager of the Ottawa Senators, shortly after the first break. Uh, Leafs uh, talk uh, is always inevitable, Nez, on Sunday mornings. Boy, they lose one game to Vancouver, and all the Leaf fans are freaking out. Oh, like, my give God. me a break. Oh, my God. Uh, as as, as you say all the time, Nez, don't micromanage the situation one game. But, you know, you, you know, <laughs> you look back, you look back, you know, many, you know, Leafs have been, uh, NHL teams, Leafs have been doing these West Coast swings longer than we can remember. And most of the times when the Leafs used to go out to the, do that West Coast uh, they wouldn't swing. Get they, you know, they they'd get they get uh, you know they they certainly wouldn't come back with five points out of you six. Remember, you remember the old days? The Leafs would go into Edmonton and lose like nine <laughs> one and ten two. So here, here's the interesting part: uh, we we do a West Coast swing and we get five out of six <laughs> points. And uh, some people seem to be upset we gave up a point in the Vancouver game. Although, although to you know, Nas, it's it's the way they gave it up. They were. Leading uh, two nothing at the end of the second period, and some some <laughs> you know they got jinxed by the commentator who asked the question. Amazing. You know you're thirty two zero and zero after you're uh, leading after the second period, and uh, but they they squeezed the point out of the game. I don't understand. The Leaf fans always go crazy. They they micromanage everything, right? Well, I'm a Leaf fan too, but I don't micromanage it. I, I know it's one game. 
and you go on to the next one. Anyways, we take uh, we take it. It was a good week. The Leafs, uh, and you know, we've chatted about it on the air a few te- a few times. They, uh, I think, they play the game they need to play more on the road than they do at home. Um, so that's why why they they, they are they're they're you know they're a damn good road team and mm-hmm. they were you know uh complimented last night by the by the Oilers after the game McDavid was quoted as saying man said Leafs come at you in waves there's a lot of talent over there some of the other Edmonton uh, commentators were very complimentary about the Toronto Maple Leafs and let me tell you, I didn't get a chance to watch the game last night. Uh, you did, Naz, so I'll, I'll, lean, I'll lean heavily on your observations. Um, but let me tell you what Mike Babcock's observations were after the game last night at the, uh, when he was asked a few questions. He was happy with the, with the performance. Um, he uh, noticed uh, uh, it was complimentary about how the Leafs controlled the puck. Guess that's good for their courses or whatever the uh, what are they the, their possession stats whatever they call these things. They were heavy on the cycle, um, which is not which is not a common common uh, uh, observation for the Toronto Maple Leafs being heavy on the cycle. And he also said that they did a lot of really good things last night. And their goaltending. Tell me was, a little bit about their, their the game. Their goaltending was great last night. Freddie. Except for the last two minutes, but I wouldn't fault him on either, either goal. The goaltending has been great. And when he's in net, I have no worries. When Sparks the old boy's in net, there's a real problem. And the Leafs extended them for another year. I don't understand. Well, you got to lock him up. I don't think, you, you know, you got to have a backup goalie until you yeah. sign the next one. And I'm not, I'm not so sure that, you know, I don't think they give him a lot of money. I don't know no, what kind of money. 750000 You know, I mean, that's pretty, pretty well, that's pretty well minimum. So I, I, I think you have to lock him up. You have to have a backup goalie. Yeah, I want another uh, but one. But they, uh, yeah, you know, the Leaf fans uh, generally uh, <laughs> are not 100% sold on, on Garrett Sparks. But uh, I'm sold it, on Anderson, though. Let me, yeah, oh, no he, question. He, but here, he, he here's an interesting. The, he win the uh, it, here's an interesting coaching decision, Ness. Uh Leafs took five of six points on their West Coast swing, and they're one point further behind the Boston Bruins than they were last last uh, last week. The Bruins are on a roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got points in their last won fifteen of their last nineteen games. Uh, got points in their last 19 games. They're the hottest team in the NHL right now. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are headed on a collision course with their nemesis, the Boston Bruins. And the Boston Bruins are as hot as a pistol. Do you, if you are Mike Babcock, do you try keep trying to get the two seed in that division? Or do you arrest Frederick Anderson and not, and, you know, there was a debate this week about whether uh, Freddie was going to play 60 games or 56 games. At first, Babcock said he was going to play 56, which means uh, Sparks was going to get half the remaining starts. And then uh, Babcock backpedaled from that and said, Anderson's going to get 60. What do you do, Ness? Because last year, last year the criticism uh, was that Anderson looked tired in the playoffs. Do you do you go full bore at trying to get home ice advantage, or do you give Sparks more game time? You give Sparks more game time, so Anderson's more ready for the playoffs because they're not going to. They probably won't get second place. They're entrenched in third. Or is place. it too early to make that decision? 
because I, no, I you know, no, they're I, only I, they're I, only four I, points back, Nez. I mean, how many you know, starts does uh, does Anderson have? Fifty five right now, fifty six. Um, that I don't have the stat for you, but I, I heard that they, I think it's fifty two, uh, fifty three somewhere. To there. get to that number, they have to split the season, the rest of the season. Yeah, that's to get correct. To Sixty. Yeah. So, I'd say split the season. I really do. Might as well prepare properly for the playoffs. The, the third step is they finish third or second. It doesn't really matter. Oh, Toronto's a very why, good. Why would you say it doesn't matter? Toronto, home ice, home ice advantage. Yeah, I've home seen, ice I've advantage seen. is. Forget about how the Leafs are playing. Uh, you know they're 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 a really good road team. Uh, but when you get into the playoffs, you get into playoffs. Don't don't you want to play Game Seven at the uh, well, at the like SBA? To, but why you're going to kill yourself in the regular season? Well, I'm not that? so sure you have. Well, that's that's the interesting question. Uh, do you have to kill yourself? I mean, the Bruins have been playing out of their. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, out of their minds in the last month. Can they keep it going the at that level? Is, the key is they don't play each other. And that's what make, it will make it harder to catch them, right? They don't play each other. So it's no, not a four-pointer involved, right? They've already played the Bruins four times this year. So that's the difference, right? I, I There's th- a lot of hockey to be played still, Ness. Yeah, there is. But well, okay, I was, so I they're four split. points off now. Let's let's assume, you know, Leafs... You know, it's not. Leafs the, get the tiebreaker though, because they have an uh, ROW better than the Bruins. Oh, interesting point. Um, you know, Leafs schedule this week. Um, you know, they they've got Philly, which is they got Philly this week, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, Philly's uh, Flyers are playing well. Tampa but Bay Monday. Tampa Bay, that's a big one. Yeah, that's we'll see. We'll see what happens. Coming in off that a game. road trip back home on, uh, in Edmonton. So I, let's say we're be here. A tough one for them. <laughs> let's see here. We're here next Sunday morning, and the Leafs are only two points back of the Boston Bruins. Yeah, you have the player. same opinion. I, yes, yes. You got to save the goal. They're going to make the playoffs, so that's the key, right? They're well, not drop, the, they're not going to drop from third. So why not split it? If it's going to mean Anderson will be a better goal, playoff goalie, why not split it? it? Makes sense to me. Okay. I'm not going to disagree with you, but uh, let's have a look at uh, you know the Leaf uh, Leaf Road in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, we're headed. Uh, it's going to be Leafs in Boston. It's just a question of whether we're starting at the uh, TD Bank Center in Boston or the uh, the Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto. Um, and now people are already uh, you know you, you look at you look at um, you look at the standings. And it seems like three out of the best four teams in hockey are are in this division. Uh, Tampa, Boston are clearly the the one two best and teams San in Jose hockey and right then now. Toronto. Right, San Jose and, and Toronto. Toronto, and it's like um, the playoff format. People are already start starting to talk about that. Whether we should go back to the uh, old way when it was one against eight, and you just seeded them off the top rather than. Uh, Rather than having this matchup where you got three of the best four teams in hockey in the same uh, in the same little division there, yeah, what they should do is do it one to eight in in the conference. That's the proper thing to do. Somebody came out with a story that they should go one to sixteen. Can you imagine if you did that? Uh, that doesn't work. Yeah, uh, it it one to sixteen doesn't work because it's an uneven schedule in this sense. You know, you're only playing your West Coast guys uh, twice a year, I believe. Here and there, and 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 the bigger reason why it doesn't work is the travel. Uh, mm-hmm. They used to complain, you know, if, if you know, you don't want to have you don't want to have uh, to- Toronto going playing Vancouver unless it's the Stanley Cup final. You got you got Toronto, San Jose, or New York, L.A. in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, you got these teams flying back and forth across the 
country, and that, that's been the criticism of that one. Uh, and you don't want to do that until you get to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, you could eliminate two of the f- top four teams in one swoop, right, with this playoff structure. Second and third, Brown, Bruins and Leafs. Well, what are you, you going to do? I mean, at the end of the day, whatever structure you have, somebody's going to complain. Uh, I always thought that, you know, the one versus eight uh, seemed, you, you mean, you'd have, you know, basically in, in, in uh, you know, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, uh, you pretty well know where they're going to finish. So where's the excitement? You got a couple of teams fighting over a couple of wild cards. If you had them fight, if you had lining them up one through eight, I mean, you'd be going, uh, it, it would be insane between now and uh, the last night of the season because there'd be, you know, you didn't know, you wouldn't know where you're going to finish. Where, where are the days where the Leafs finished with 59 points and made, and the, made playoffs the playoffs in the Norris division? Yeah. Now, now, they, oh get, now they get 107 points and they finish third in their division. If they could get 110 points and finish third. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's certainly where they're headed. Uh, Anyways, we're going to go to break. Um, After we come back from break, we'll be talking to the general manager of the Ottawa Senators, Pierre Dorian. Uh, Some some, – it's been an interesting season for the Ottawa Senators to be uh, – we're going to chat with Pierre about about Ottawa, uh, focusing more so on – uh, the future of the Ottawa Senators, uh, they seem to be, uh, have come under an incessant amount of criticism, both uh, Pierre and Eugene Melnick, for what's happened in Ottawa this year. Not so, not so sure how much of it is their fault or how fair the media in, uh, in the Ottawa area has been to the two of them. So let's, uh, let's find out from Pierre what, uh, what, uh, what plans uh, the Senators have uh, to rebuild their team. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the gourmet special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just twenty four ninety nine. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. 
Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. Downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM in on the internet, live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're thrilled and privileged to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour this morning the general manager of the Ottawa Senators, Mr. Pierre Dorian. Good morning, Pierre. How are you this morning? Very good. How about you? How about yourself? <laughs> We're great. Thanks, and welcome to Zoomer Radio, Pierre. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we would have preferred that the Ottawa Senators had to beat the Boston Bruins last night, given the fact that we're Toronto homers, but it didn't happen. But, uh, you know, the Senators, uh, since uh, since uh, Guy Boucher was let go, uh, seem to, um, they, they're still bringing passion to the game. Your uh, Your observations on the play of the Senators in the last week or so. Yes, uh, you know, since we've uh, relieved Guy of his duties, we felt that our energy level has been at a higher level. Uh, we feel that our compete has been better. We've been in most games, except maybe for the first game against Tampa. Um, and maybe the Leaf fans don't want to hear that, but they're the best <laughs> team that I've seen this year. So, um, uh, But at the same time, uh, we just feel that uh, we're playing uh, some better hockey. Sometimes it doesn't show in the wins and losses, but... Uh, you know, especially the last two losses where uh, both have been uh, against the Islanders was in the last part of the game, and uh, last night against the Bruins was in the last minute of the game. Pierre, you're going through a rebuilding stage now, and uh, there's two players I'd like you to comment on, Brady Tuchuk and Thomas Chabot. Yeah, Brady has really stepped up his game, uh, especially as, uh, of late. Um, right now he's still a kid, but once he gets stronger, he's going to be, we feel, one of the better uh, power forwards in the game. Um, the combination of skill, size, character, is, uh, and the intangibles that, that, that come from one of the best hockey families uh, that ever played in the NHL are something that we were really attracted to when we drafted him last year. Uh, we're just excited to have a player of Brady's caliber in our lineup. And Thomas Shabbat was arguably one of the better defensemen, especially offensively in the first half of the year. And uh, after his injury, around uh, right after Christmas, um, he's still very good for us, but hasn't found the game that he had previous. But we feel that he's the prototype NHL defenseman of the future with the way he can transition uh, the puck from our defensive end to the, the offensive end. And his he really, I would call, superior skating ability and his really good uh, skill level. Uh, Pierre, uh, it, uh, to be fair, it hasn't been the greatest year for the Ottawa Senators. A lot of things, I'm sure... Didn't uh, didn't pan out the way you would have liked, um, and for a lot of different reasons. Uh, just gonna uh, want to focus more on the future than the past, but uh, we want to ask you about uh, uh, very simply the Guy Boucher letting go. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, they talk about the loneliness of the long distance runner. It must be pretty lonely being the general manager in the Ottawa market right now. You come under an, an, an incessant amount of criticism, a lot of which we consider to be unfair. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Guy Boucher, the one, the one, if I can sum the biggest criticism, um, why let him go uh, with 20 games left in the season or 19 games and why not? 
keep them till the end of the year? Well, that, that is a good question. We just felt as um, after the trade line come and previous to that, that we were evaluating every aspect of our of our team, and one of them was um, Guy as the head coach, and we just came to the conclusion that he was not going to be our coach next year. And to make him go through the last 20 games where he was not going to come back, we felt it wasn't the right thing to do. When it comes to, and at the same time, we wanted to see, you know, how players would react uh, under a new coach, even though it's the interim tag on Mark Crawford, someone who has experience. So we just felt that it was probably best for all parties that if he wasn't going to come back, now was the time to do it. We'd gone through the trade deadline. We got a some new players in our lineup, and we just felt it was probably the best move for for both parties involved here. Pierre, Mark Crawford, will he be considered uh, potentially a new coach for the team? Uh, yes, without a doubt. Uh, yes, uh, Mark will be definitely one of the candidates that we'll uh, talk to at the end of the year. He knows that he'll be amongst a, a group of candidates um, that we will uh, definitely uh, go through a, a pretty intense interview process. Uh, we're talking to Pierre Dorian. Uh, Pierre, um uh, you're in, obviously in a rebuild situation, and uh, you know you lost some good talent that left town, Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone. And I'm not so hum- I'm not so sure. Um, you know, you've taken criticism for that, but at the end of the day, you're dealing with players that necessarily uh, didn't want to stay in Ottawa for whatever dis- different reason, and. Uh, and I know I, I've seen uh, your, your press conference. You made every effort possible uh, to try and keep these people in Ottawa, and uh, they chose to seek their uh, livelihood somewhere else. Uh, uh, is there a common thread to the the particular players that have left in terms of why they decided that their future was not going to be in Ottawa? most common thread um, for, for the players who decided to leave is, uh, you know, they, they were in the prime of their career. Uh, they understood that the rebuild was going to take a few more years, and they wanted to compete for a Stanley Cup as soon as possible. And that was the case for Mark Stone. That was the case um, for uh, Matt Duchesne, and, I, and, and to a certain degree, almost a similar case for Ryan Zingle. Um, all three indicated that they felt that we had a lot of good players coming up the pipeline, but at the prime of their career, they didn't know how long this rebuild could last. Even though we tried to tell them that rebuilds can happen fairly quickly, they just felt that uh, they wanted to compete for a Stanley Cup sooner than later. Uh, money always comes into these equations, I'm sure. Um, uh, assuming that the Ottawa Senators, I, I would think, were probably competitive in terms of the money offers that you made. Uh, an issue came up has come up on our show repeatedly over the course of the last year or so. We've talked to agents on the show. Uh, in your sense, how much difference does it make uh, from a player's point of view or an agent's point of view, the actual jurisdiction that Ottawa is competing against, or for that matter, the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Winnipeg Jets, taxes are higher in Canada than they are in some U.S. states, certainly probably higher in Canada than they are in Florida, higher in Canada than they are in Nevada. Um, does that, to what extent does that enter into the equation when you're trying to re-sign players? Well, uh, we can't control that. We can't control 
where the Toronto Maple Leafs are situated, where the Winnipeg Jets are situated, or where the Ottawa Senators are situated. Uh, it has come up in conversations as far as, you know, this player's making this amount of money. But at the same time, there you can look at the flip side of the coin. Uh, players can probably make up that money as far as endorsement, whether they're in Winnipeg, definitely in Toronto or Montreal, and also uh, to a certain degree in Ottawa. Um, so I think there's some positives and negatives. Um, but I think a lot when you talk to a lot of hockey players who care about the game and who want to win, uh, playing in a Canadian market is something that has always enticed them. Um, you know, when they're looking at free agency. Pierre, your Belleville team has uh, quite a few good prospects. Name me a few that you expect to be challenging for a spot next year. Well, uh, yes, our Belleville team for a while was struggling, but now we're uh, in a playoff spot or tied for a playoff spot. Um, the names that are really uh, are appealing to our fans are probably a guy by the name of Logan Brown, who started off really slow this year. He's a former first-round pick. He's picked up his pace and arguably been one of our better players, if not our best forward in the last two months. Um, obviously, people know Drake Batherson, who had a little, uh, about a 20-game uh, stint with us this year uh, where he produced and scored some points and goals. Um, a highly skilled winger who can also carry a line, as Logan Brown has done. Uh, them with Nick Paul has been probably our best line over the last little while, if you exclude the last few games. Um, also, a, a, name by, a gentleman by the name of Philip Chaplick, uh, is a someone that we feel is going to be a solid two-way forward, uh, maybe not on the top two lines, but someone who can play on the third or fourth line. Uh, if we continue our recent acquisition, um, Eric Brandstrom in the Mark Stone uh, trade is someone who's already an all-star at 19 years old in the American League, uh, someone we feel is one of the better defensemen outside the NHL. Uh, he's a, an electric, skilled offensive uh, player. Um, we have two goalies by the name of uh, Marcus Hochberg and Philip Gustafson, who we both feel uh, have NHL potential down the road. Probably Hogberg closer now than uh, Gustafson, but Gustafson was the best goalie at the World Junior, uh, not this past World, not this past World Junior, but the one before. So we feel that, the, that those names are people that you know down the road will be definitely be part of the Ottawa Centers. What about Alex Formanton? Uh, Alex is in London having a uh, good year. Um, he surprised a lot of us by staying around early in camp. Uh, but as we felt for his development and for the benefit of the organization, um, that he was better served going back to London. And he's definitely someone that uh, will have a chance to be on our team as soon as next year. Yeah, his asset is his skating. He's a really good skater from what I see. Yes, yes, I remember asking him. He's probably one of the fastest skaters I've seen in my time in the NHL. And I remember asking Alex uh, early in the year, I said, who do you think is faster, you and McDavid? He goes, well, when we race straight line, it's pretty close. But when we have to turn at higher speed, he goes, then he's got the edge on me. Uh, we're, so, talk uh, we're talking to Pierre. Oh, sorry, Pierre, go ahead. Uh, he's a pretty special skater. Uh, we're talking to Pierre Dorian. Pierre, um, I I'm sure, ho hopefully you don't spend too much time on Twitter. Um uh, but I'm sure you're probably aware of the criticisms from a lot of different quarters um, about the Ottawa Senators at this uh, current point in time. You know, the stadium, uh, the arena deal seems to be in limbo. I don't necessarily want to get into that discussion this morning. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of the criticisms. Um, some of them, and we talked about them, Naz and I, last Sunday on the show, some of them... Um, 
way over the top, some of them, to be quite frank. Uh, I was happy to see Gary Bettman this week, as he usually does, backs his owners and commits to hockey in Ottawa, and so there's no daylight between the NHL and and the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Fully committed. But the perception is that in some quarters, the fans uh, in the Ottawa area are to be put it mildly, not very happy right now. Um, is that fair? And what is the organization doing to try and get the fans, those ones that are disgruntled, because not all of them are, but those ones that are, what are you doing to get them back on board? Well, obviously, in a rebuild, you're not going to see immediate results right away. Uh, our fans are probably our most, you know, between the players and the fans are the two most important uh, aspects of, an, of a hockey organization. And when it comes to our fans, we're asking them to be patient. What's happened in Ottawa over the probably the last six years is we alternated uh, making the playoffs. One year we made the playoffs, the other year we made, didn't make the playoffs. One year we made the playoffs, and and so on. And when we sat down and thought of this rebuild plan um, approximately a year ago, we just felt that we needed to have a really great foundation of younger kids who could grow together, you know, with some veteran support who could show them the way. And from there, we could build something pretty special, you know, uh, within that, you know, a cycle of five to seven years, have a really competitive team that could, you know, hopefully aim for the cup every year. And that's what we're doing right now, but we're in the early stages and it's not very sexy right now. And we're telling people to be patient, but we know we have the elements in place with the nucleus of young talent picks that are coming um, some veterans that we, we would like to keep around uh, in whatever role they they're attributed uh, that they can um, that we can all have this great blend and uh, moving forward you know as soon as probably next year really see some improvement really see some growth in our young players and then as we move along in the middle part of the rebuild to the latter part of the rebuild we'll see a really competitive team that can try and win the cup. Um, there's a gentleman in Ottawa, uh, the owner, who's come under a significant amount of criticism as well, um, Eugene Melnick. Uh, you've worked for Eugene, uh, I guess you're uh, at least over 10, over 10, 15 years now. I, I don't know the exact amount, but uh, you've been through uh, some really good times with him there. And, uh, you know, obviously the last year has not been what everybody would have appreciated um the criticism of eugene i'm sure pierre you 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 probably is is a little bit over the top but tell us uh tell us about your working relationship with eugene and uh his strengths as an owner (laughs) well i'd rather uh i'd rather eugene speak for that one but uh, we have i'm sure he will when we get him on the show (laughs) yeah no i think we have a great working relationship um, the one thing with Eugene is he's a he's the owner that really cares about the team, the fans, the market. Um, he he understands that it's probably not easy right now, um, but I think he believes in the the plan that we've set forward. Um, he he's let our hockey group do our job. He's been extremely supportive. Um, you know, as far as whenever we enter, and you know, he doesn't take part in contract negotiations, but he's always been very supportive. You know, when we're about to sign 
possibly some bigger contracts. We, we kind of like have to let the the owner know uh, the path that we're going to. But it's been uh, in my three years as assistant general manager, and I did you know quite a bit of work when um, Brian uh, Murray was at the uh, was the general manager um, in many aspects of the hockey operation nothing but support and you know he's he's our biggest fan and he wants us to win but i think it's at times it can be tough as tough on him as on me and you know our coaching staff when we're not winning but i think he i think he understands the process more than anyone uh, we're talking to pierre dorian pierre this week uh, gm meetings down in uh, in florida anything anything that came out of there apparently there's some new rule about uh, players got to get off the ice if their helmet comes off. Any, any, uh, give us a, a sense of what was uh, what was discussed. Uh, what, uh, um, where, where the game is going in terms of anything that happened down there that we should be aware of. Well, it, they weren't. Um, they were pretty quiet. GM's meetings from the previous ones that I've been to, but obviously, to me. Um, where the league is uh, thinking about drafting a new rule about if a player loses a helmet on the ice, um, whether he's got to put it back on with um, att- uh, while attaching the chin strap as it was when he got on the ice, or whether he's got to leave the ice, I think is uh, is definitely a step in the right direction. Um, the the one thing about our game is definitely we feel headed in the right direction. Uh, we need to maybe maybe make some little tweaks, but goal scoring has never been higher, and I think most fans want to see goals. Uh, it's exciting. Um, as a general manager, I don't think I've seen this much hockey in my life this year. Uh, you know, on a night off, a lot of times I'll end up watching one or two or three games. So um, that would probably be the biggest uh, rule that we looked at. We looked at also possibly um, some uh, one of the biggest plays with the continuous play uh, rule where even if a referee blows a whistle and the puck is tr- uh, tracking towards going the net, well, it could still be a goal. And there's a lot of debates because sometimes the human error comes into it where a referee will blow a whistle too quickly. But these are little minor changes that we're looking to do just to make, keep on making the game better. Uh, another one was a pace of play. Even though our pace of play is um, much better than a lot of, of other sports, if we could just shave a minute or two hot, off here or there, uh, I think it could make for uh, even a better hockey game. Pierre, was the playoff format discussed at all? No, not at all. Okay. Um, last hockey question, and we got to we got to move on, Pierre. And we thank you so much for this. We really appreciate. Oh, this has been a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a, a little bit of a rest from uh, what you might be used to. That's uh, uh, that's the benefits of coming on Zoomer Radio. Uh, once you get to our age uh, on Zoomer here, Pierre, you, we sort of lose our edge. We're, uh, we we want to show. We, we we always like to show that we're interviewing a human being. Um, uh, the leaders on the team. We're in a rebuild. Uh, I, I don't see what you're doing being that much different than what the Toronto Maple Leafs went through about four or five years ago. We're certainly used to it in this market. Um, who are the leaders on a team? You've got Thomas Shabbat. You've got Bra- uh, Brady. I always get him confused with his brother. Uh, Brady Kachuk. I hope I got the right one. Uh, and I think there's another one coming up as well. Um, 
Um, these are these are cornerstones of a franchise. These are these are two dynamite young players. I've heard nothing but fantastic things about Eric Brandstrom. You've got more draft choices and picks and prospects than probably any other team in the league. So anybody looking at it will say there is there is there is hope there. There is a future there. Who are the leaders on this team going forward, Pierre? Well, for for us, some of the younger. Uh, players that you just mentioned will have to take a bigger uh, leadership role in the team. When you when you look at leaders on the team, um, we've got a few homegrown talents and by the name of Mark Borietsky, uh who's one of the hardest hitters, uh, does everything uh, like the best pro, best um, leader someone could be, plays hard, practices hard. He's one of the leaders on the team. Um, you have a player by the name of Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who um, came back from a serious Achilles uh, heel injury this year who's for us is one of the best uh, third-line centers in the league and plays always plays hard and always plays in your face and is one of the better checkers in the league. And, you know, we also have a guy by the, by the name of Zach Smith who's taken on um, more minutes with some of the other guys that have left who plays really hard. Um, everything is done always uh, to the 100%. So those are the guys that are our leaders. And we we have other players that have played in the league for a while, like uh, Chris Turnin, Dylan DeMello that we got from San Jose, that you know they they do everything right and uh, they're very good uh, examples for younger players to follow. Uh, Pierre, I'd be remiss if uh, we let you go without bringing this up. Uh, you of course come from a hockey family. Uh, your father was the ch- and I, I didn't realize this. I just had to jog my memory a little bit and do a little bit of Google research. Thank God for Google <laughs> and, and Wikipedia for that matter. But your father was the chief scout for the Toronto Maple Leafs. From yes, uh, 1990 to 1994, uh, so to, I take it that you have a soft spot, soft spot in your heart for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you remember about your dad uh, when he was the chief scout for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Favorite memory of that time? Uh, probably my favorite memory of that time is when, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, when uh, Doug Gilmore went behind the net a few times, spun around the net behind a few times, and they scored that uh, that winning goal in one of the series. I forget exa- the exact series. That was against the St. Louis Blues. Curtis Joseph. Yeah. And it was the great Bob Cole call. Uh, yeah, that was the second overtime game. Uh, it was the second overtime, wasn't it, Nass? Yeah. Yeah, we certainly remember that. Uh, aside from what you say, I still think if we really scratch deep down, you're probably rooting for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. But I know you won't publicly admit that, Pierre. <laughs> I can tell you all my Leaf memorabilia from my younger years is all gone. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Pierre, I, I can't say we, we've enjoyed this. I hope we've given you a welcome break. Uh, uh, we've certainly, uh, we're certainly... Uh, uh, Thrilled and to know that uh, you know the Ottawa Senators uh, have some hope. Uh, the rebuild is is going, and from what I can tell, there's some there's some good young uh, hockey players in the pipeline. Pierre, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and merci beaucoup. Uh, thank you. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you so much. Of course, that was uh, Pierre Dorian. Uh, now, as they, they, you know what uh, we we you know I've you know corresponded a bit with Eugene Melnick and. Uh, you know the you know Pierre. If you read Twitter uh, and some of the some of the reports you see uh, from some of the media, um, they just they really really eviscerate uh, Eugene Melnick and Pierre Dorian. A lot of it 
completely and utterly over the top. And we talked about it last week on the show. And and like I said, uh, you know, Gary Bettman, uh, the one thing I will give him credit for. Uh, he backs his owners. He backs his owners. And like when you pick up, when you, you know, he's, you know what, you're going to get into a fight. Uh, Gary Bettman's not a bad guy to have in your corner because he's, he's not going to sell you. He's not going to sell you out. He backs his owner and he does everything he's got to do to try and make hockey successful in the communities that hockey exists. And he's taking criticism for that because nobody thought we should still have hockey in Arizona. Uh, Everybody thinks hockey shouldn't be in Florida, aside from the fact that the best team in hockey currently resides there. Um, But uh, we've been ultra critical of Bettman on a lot of things, but on this, on this particular, you know, I give him credit, you know, he's loyal to his owners. Um, and he's not, uh, he's not creating any daylight between himself and Eugene Melnick's hundred percent support there. And hopefully, hopefully in Ottawa, they can figure out this arena thing, uh, or make the commitment to Kanata. I think that's half, that could be, you know, the fans want to know where is this team going to be in five years and they want to adjust accordingly. So hopefully that issue can get resolved. Uh, you know, the Ottawa Senators have had a lot of success uh, over over the course of time. Uh, more success than the Toronto Maple Leafs have had up until uh, a, a few years ago. And uh, they're, go- they're going through a process which teams inevitably go through. They have to do the same thing the Leafs did. They, that's what they're doing, and they have no choice. Look at L.A. and Chicago now. They've won, they won a couple of cups, but yeah, the one they, th- they're going to have to rebuild too. Yeah, <laughs> look at Chicago, exactly. And they're going to have to and trade one of those two guys. L.A., you're talking two of the most successful franchises. L.A. and Chicago, two of the most successful franchises in the last 10 years, what, five Stanley Cups between yeah, them? Three, three in Chicago, two, two, two in, in L.A.? LA. Yeah. yeah, and where are they right now? Rebuilding. Yeah, they're, right? L.A.'s right at the bottom. Yeah. And, they, and they have Drew Doughty. You know, it's unfortunate what happened in Ottawa. Some situations where, you know, you wish they didn't happen. The whole thing with Eric Carlson, uh, the thing between Eric Carlson's wife and I can't even remember the other guy and his wife. Hoffman. Like, you know, stuff... You know, stuff that just completely distracts from the hockey product. Uh, that was unfortunate. The the video in the cab where the players are, I, were they bad-mouthing Boucher? I can't even remember. I mean, the, the Uber driver who thought it was a great idea to take video of, of your passengers. Uh, you know, they had to deal with that distraction. And, you know, um, and then the unfortunate, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk to uh, Pierre Dorian. I... Um, a uh, question we uh, probably, it's buried in my notes here, but didn't come out. Um, uh, I would have asked him any regrets on the first Matt Duchesne trade. He probably, probably would say no because it made sense at the time. And then it, it had no way of knowing that that would, might turn out to be the number one pick overall. Surprising Mark Crawford's going to be uh, asked this. Yeah, I think he's high on Mark Crawford being the coach next year. Uh, it sounds to me like the players, uh, you know, none of the players, you know, I read some of the comments, especially the goalie Anderson, none of the players came out and really supported <laughs> Guy Boucher. Uh, and that may be why uh, Dorian stepped in. Uh, one of them was quoted as, uh, we were doing nothing, not, not specific reference to the coach, but nothing creative was happening on the ice, uh, no passion, um, it, it, it was, it was indirect criticism of the coach and, you know, and, you know, uh, and I made the point last Sunday, uh, and you disagreed with me, Naz, uh, w- you know, why terminate Guy Boucher with 20 m- 
games left in the season. We asked Pierre Dorian that, and he basically said what I said last Sunday. If you've made the decision to fire him, why leave him, why leave him standing on the plank? Just, you know what, it, it, why, why leave him in that position? Just get it, o- get it over with. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't, get it over with. I agree with that. Right? I you can criticize it. I'm not saying you can't criticize it. But the way they, you know, it was like criticism was completely and utterly over the top. You know, it's okay. They had decided you weren't bringing the coach back. Why, you know, why make him suffer for the last 20 games? You know, the team was quitting on him. Why bother? You know, anyways, we we can debate that till uh, till the cows come home. We've got to go to break, and we'll be right back after the break to wrap up the show. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Pizzaville and its entities, owned in whole or in part, have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville Stone Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues. Price and cost. Most prices are competitive. We'll likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, we're in, uh, gotta bring our listeners up to speed, wearing Toronto Maple Leaf sweater today and Toronto Raptors cap. Both championship teams. <laughs> so, we hope so. Listen, we, uh, we're pleased to have uh, join us uh, this morning. He's, uh, he's gonna be the host of a of a new show that's going to be debuting on uh, Zoomer Radio next Sunday morning. We're talking to the Money Marvel. Yes, uh, Spider Ma- Jones. And Spider Jones. So uh, the Money Marvel is Marv Honickman. Did yep. I get that that's right? That's right. The Money Marvel is back on the air. And I'm going to be, uh, yeah, Spider and, Jones. Sp- and, and you guys, uh, you're going to be co-hosting with Spider Jones? Yep. It's going to be the Enterprise Small Biz Radio Show. And it's all about helping small business succeed. So if you have... 
Uh, it's the only show where you can call in and talk about your small business and get information from government and uh, people who have small businesses can get advice on how to run your small business. And, it, and you know, if you can promote your business, it's the uh, no shame. You can support, call in and, and uh, talk about your business 8 o'clock to 9 uh, next Sunday morning. Starting next Sunday morning. And if you email 74 words about your company to businessradio at hotmail.com, we'll read it on the air again for free. So businessradio at hotmail.com. Fantastic. We look forward to uh, you joining us next Sunday morning. Yeah. That's great. Don't be awesome. uh, Before we leave the air here, we're certainly, we, we, you know, we're, we're very careful about how we allow in studios. Right. So uh, <laughs> we, we may insist you show up with a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater. The, are you a Toronto Maple Leafs fan? I am a Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs fan. I know people who I know who are very closely, uh, I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, my kids love the Toronto Maple Leafs, for okay. example. Actually, they like Chicago and they like other teams, but Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, and we def- got, yeah. We got to find out Spider. Spider, I know, is a Windsor boy. Or you know Detroit. what? We have to ask him. We got to ask on. him. Uh, certainly. And he's, of course, everybody knows the Spider Man. He's been, yep. he's been on Toronto radio forever, had his own show on the Fan 590. Yep. So, uh, yep. uh, I had an opinion about your who should they actually be busting all out to be second or. Okay, or let's start. hear it from the Money Marvel. So <laughs> I actually said, because uh, I even spoke to somebody this morning about it, you know. Doesn't matter if they're Boston. You know, it looks like they're going to play Boston. There's not going to be Montreal in the fixture. I thought it was yeah. going to be Montreal. Montreal may not make the awesome. playoffs. Oh yeah. yeah, they're getting really close yeah. to getting on the bottom. So, uh, well, they, you know, they're still there, but they might not be. Yeah, you're right. They might finish fifth or something in the division. So, um, so yeah. what? So, so, so what yeah, should the Leafs do? So the Leafs should be. You know, they should be resting. They should be make sure. You know, Boston's gone like nine and and oh, one in the last ten games. Uh, they definitely they're going all out. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna destroy themselves, uh, get really tired, and then when we're, we're gonna just pick up the piece, we're gonna run with it, and when we get to the playoffs, that's what I think. <laughs> Anyways, the next starting next Sunday morning at eight o'clock here on Zoomer Radio, the Money Marvel, and uh, yeah, I had an look about forward the, to it. The, the uh, one last thing, they, and they have the expansion team. When they have thirty-two <laughs> teams, they should have eight divisions of four teams each. No, forget, uh, no I chance. Think. Stick to <laughs> stick to the let leave sports to Naz and Wally. All right, well, well, anyways, uh, okay, no listen, it's great having you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Don't I'm, get too comfortable. I, I'm teasing you. Obviously, uh, Thanks, we, we love it. We love having you. We love having you here. It's, uh, the beauty. About sports talk radio is, of course, and the Blue Jays. Let's yeah. get that uh, well, eight in a row in the preseason. <laughs> okay, Naz, we're segueing into the Blue Jays. Wally, okay, something is something has oh, developed. How come you're not Jays. wearing your Blue Jays cap this morning? Uh, I can morning? only wear. A, okay, hat, right? tell us. Okay, you know, we're talking Blue Jays. Let's talk Blue Jays. This uh, guy was supposed to be a top top Blue Jay prospect for three years. Ago. Who's this? Guerrero. Anthony Alford. Alford, yeah. And he is hitting the ball a ton. That's spring training. But you know what? Wally, he's got the capabilities of being a star. He's been hurt for the last three years. Talking about rebuilds. Talking about rebuilds. They think the Ottawa Senators are going through a rebuild. The Toronto Blue Jays. um, Where do you... uh, Who are the the guys... You mentioned Alford. Of course, there's Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's projected Bichette, to be Bichette Bichette. Is hitting the ball uh, well too. How's the pitching staff looking now? Pitching is good. Okay, break Stroman it down. Break Sanz- it down. Stroman and Sanchez have had good spring trainings. So if those guys, two guys get their starts in and they are, uh, play as capable as they can. How many wins? Come on, Ness. I'm, I'm hearing. 80, I'm not hearing. 80, 82 wins. Uh, that's a bit. Uh, no, they, that's, they, that's a bit uh, adventurous. Vegas is set 75, so 75? it's not that far off. 82 okay, wins. Okay, you're going 82 wins for the Jays? Yep. How many did they get last year? 73. 73? 
Uh, I'll uh, 69 wins. No. But write it down, Naz. 69. How many you got? 82. Probably be somewhere in the middle. I'll I'll say it. (laughs) I was 80 and 82. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 80 and 82. I was about to say, we have Marv Honickman in with us uh, this morning for the last few minutes. He's the Money Marvel. It's a show that's uh, starting next Sunday morning uh, on Zoomer Radio, just before the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. And we're saying uh, the beauty of the beauty of yep. sports talk radio, yep. uh, Marv, yep. is everybody's got an opinion. That's right. You know, and... <laughs> Uh, you know that I, I love your show. Everybody's got an opinion about sports. It's actually that's the that's the one thing that you can always depend on. You know, when you're at a party, you can always talk about sports. <laughs> Naz, uh, well, we'd be remiss we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention this this week because we always uh, our listenership certainly uh, remembers the um, the uh, contributions. Uh, a giant. Uh, in NHL history, passed away this week. Ted Lindsay. Ted Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, very very briefly uh, the importance of Ted Lindsay to hockey. Uh, Ted Lindsay was in the forefront the of, of trying to put together a players' association back in the. Forget about the players' association when Eagleson put it together. We're talking about the players' association from the 1950s, and we had in studio. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we're talking about the the great new movie Goalie, uh, and if uh, get an opportunity to watch that movie, the movie is Goalie. It's the Terry Sawchuk story, and it and it and we got firsthand exposure to by watching this movie, uh, the struggles of the players uh, to be treated fairly and equitably way back in the 1950s, uh, and Ted Lindsay was at the forefront of all that. Man, every single player uh, in the NHL today owes a huge debt of gratitude to Ted Lindsay, uh, to many of his era that paid the price for, because when Ted Lindsay, he was part of a, of a dynasty in Detroit uh, with Gordy Howe and Alex Delvecchio and some of those guys, Red Kelly won, won a few Stanley Cups. As soon as he started to unionize, he got shipped out of town. Uh, it was traded to Chicago. Uh, a lot of the organizers in those days were treated, um, were basically traded or sent out to the miners. Uh, Ted Lindsay this week uh, passed. Uh, certainly, um, everybody, every everyone in hockey today owes him a debt of gratitude. They sure do. The salaries wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for him. Him and a couple of other guys. That were involved. Yeah, certainly, certainly a different era. Talked about the Jays. Two minutes left, Naz. Raptors. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, still on load management. A couple of the other players on the uh, in the league are on load management, but the Raptors look like they're uh, they're in that two position. You didn't think last week that they were going to catch the Bucks. No. Nope. You still don't think they're going to catch the Bucks. Is nope. that a good thing or a bad thing? That's uh, probably not a bad thing. I, I, I don't want to play the Pistons because Casey might come back and haunt them. <laughs> well, you know, Casey's had his way with the Raptors, but yeah. he's going to get his ass kicked in the playoffs if, if the Raptors meet the Pistons wow. in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, we got the money marvel. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, do you want me to jump in? <laughs> Talk about the. Tell us what. Tell us your opinion on the Raptors. Well, you got I, twenty seconds. Yeah. Again, same thing. I guess the Raptors, if they finish in first place, would be awesome. That would be great. 
But, uh, you know, if they want to rest themselves and be good for the playoffs, then, you know, second place is not a bad thing. And Milwaukee's got a good team. You have to make it through them, at, you know, by the end. And uh, hopefully we can make it at least to the final. It's going to be a tough challenge to win it all, but at least get there to the final. And uh, hopefully Leonard will be back next season. This they went like It's like in poker. You just went all in. And I think it's gonna, they're going to lose to Leonard, unfortunately. Right. Marv, Marv, I think you it. should give up the money right, show and come in with, come <laughs> with us with, on, on the uh, – in the sports show, Nas, 20 okay, seconds. There you go. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills almost landed Antonio Brown. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine the Bills with Antonio Brown? Oh, I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> we don't have enough time. Anyways, it's been another great week on the Nas and Wally Sports Hour. Once again, next Sunday morning, yep. the Marnie Marvel with Spider Jones, 8 a.m. Yep. You're used to getting up at 9 o'clock for the Nas and Wally Sports Hour. Get up an hour earlier next week. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. To all our loyal listeners, have a fantastic and safe week.